You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to The Higher Ed Marketer. I'm Troy Singer with Bart Kaler, and today we're again joined by Fatan Sopa of Manafera to continue our conversation from episode 92. We're glad that you come to listen today, but if you haven't heard part one of this conversation, Bart and I would really encourage you to pause this episode and hit the back button to episode 92 so you can take in the entirety of the great information Fatan has to offer. If you're ready for part two, let's get into it. Here's the second part of our conversation with Fatan Sopa. I love the way that you presented earlier the journey going from the broad and then people's inquiries getting more specific and also the definition between the two types of authority, which uh, I hadn't thought about it that way, admittingly, then paired with Bart's mantra that we need to answer the questions that are uh, future students or the people that we want to attract have. So let's say for me and the listeners who need to create content for this, and we're hearing Google rewards, authentic content, but then I have these technical uh, ways or things that I need to meet. Can you help us bring that all together? Uh, What approach should I use when I am creating authentic content in order to make sure that I'm answering the questions Bart says I need to answer and Fatan, making sure that I'm answering those very broad questions down to the specific. Fatan, if you could start that out, please. Yeah, well, um, SEO is uh, a long-term channel. It's a marketing channel that actually is not for people who do not have patience. <laughs> and the reason that I'm saying that is that uh, SEO, uh, SEO takes time to bring its first results, depending on your, on your current state of the website and the performance on search engines. Right. Uh, but, but basically, if uh, on the mid to long term, it pays, it's, uh, we have, from our experience, we have data to prove that mid to long term seo brings more return on investment than pay-per-click and i'm not saying that pay-per-click like is is um i mean it's still necessary of course you need to complement both of them uh but in terms of mid to long-term investment return on investment seo tends to perform much much better and the reason for that is that while on pay-per-click actually the only way to get more leads is if you pay more Right. On SEO, the, the, as you grow, you tend to pay less for leads and applications compared to pay-per-click because of the compound effect. And, and, and the reason for that is that, I mean, content, yes, if, uh, uh, if, you have served, if you have served the appropriate content to the appropriate user at the right time. And you have supported that with the authority that it needs to build with link build, uh, with backlinks and, and the technical side. That means that you are you are much better positioned to perform mid to long term. And to come to the uh, to come to your question, um, uh, how how 
how to decide what to write about, how to decide about the content, how much we should write, when we should write, when it's uh, how much is enough. But, uh, basically, uh, content as everything on SEO should come from analysis. Uh, and, and content is, uh, uh, is something that really, you really need to pay attention even before starting to develop the website. Because content means more than blog. Content means every page on your website. Right. It means program pages. It means uh, informational pages like contact us and admission page and tuition fees and everything. It means um, it means blog. It means like all statistics. It means research paper. Everything. All of this content serves different purposes. And what uh, what we have seen that it is necessary, super necessary to do even before you start planning your website is to first understand your audience, uh, understand each of your target markets in terms of audience, and then understand your markets, what geography you are hitting, uh, and who are your competitors there, what are they doing, what content they are, uh, are having on the website, what questions they are answering. Is it something that they are missing? Is this, is this something that they are doing that you can make 10x content out of that? Mm-hmm. then if and, and only if you have done a great job into optimizing the technical side of the website, you are at the same, in the meantime, you are building those backlinks to your website to increase the authority for the content that you are writing. And then if you have patience and you are tracking your performance on real time, and I'm talking real time because that's really necessary, it's not weekly, monthly, or quarterly or, or, or yearly, it's real time, then you can see what's working and what's not and iterate on that one. And then based on this, you can, see, uh, you can invest on what's bringing most of the return on investment. So content is it's not a one-time done thing and then forget. It is a constant thing that you need to, to, to produce high-quality content that brings high-quality traffic, which brings high-quality prospects that are more likely to convert. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. Yeah. I love that you kind of define that and point that out because I think that's sometimes forgotten is that I think that and, – and I really appreciated the fact that it's, it's for people who need to be patient for, for SEO because, I mean – you know, I, I have found it myself, even on my own blog at Kaler Solutions, I've been blogging for eight years and I've, you know, generated 500 pieces of content. It's all around a theme of higher ed marketing. And so I rank really high on Google for all the reasons that you've said. But I think one thing that um, and I've and it's been a long term play for me, I, I've, I've been patient yeah. to, to see that. Some schools are not because a lot of times when the, at least when they call me from a marketing standpoint, it's like, hey, uh, you know, we're down in enrollment. What can we do to fix this? And, you know, usually it's, you know, there's, there's limits on what you can do. A lot of times I talk to people when things are good and say, Hey, now's the time to really start looking at your content, start looking at your search engine optimization so that when times change, we're ready to go. So I really love the fact that you kind of lead with that and and talk about that. Now, one thing that I wanted to to kind of tease out here, and and maybe I'm going to go a little bit geeky on this and and you know but i think it's important for people and i'm going to try to stay stay at the top of this without trying to get too geeked out because i think uh, Fatan, you and i could probably 
do that yeah. quickly. <laughs> but I think that there are some technical aspects of preparing your content. And um, I, I use a tool, we use WordPress on a lot of our sites. And so there's a really nice tool called Yoast, Y-O-A-S-T. There's a, I think there's a developer, I think he's in, in Europe that has really done a lot of studying on Google and his whole company is based around that. But anyway, that plugin allows you to kind of red light, green light, see when you're doing things right. You know, hey, be sure to put the keyword in the H1 tag and be sure to have it in the alt tag of the first picture. So there's all these little tricks and tips that it does. But I think what I'm trying to point out to you is that there's a technical side of search engine optimization too that we talked a lot about the the content but that content has to be structured in a way that that Google you know is going to find it and 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 see it as authority rather than just something that's just kind of thrown up in a in a PDF. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well um I've seen a lot of websites especially in the higher ed market that are are, are designed really great and some of them have really great content but they're not nowhere they are nowhere to be found on Google. And you can have the best content out there and the best backlinks and everything. If Google is not coming to your website, finding you and understanding you, then it doesn't worth the purpose uh, for, of optimizing that for, for search engines. Content and the website is built for people. That's the primary, right. the primary reason for that. But we should not forget robots because Robots are, are the ones like those little nitty-gritty um, robots that come to your website constantly and grab your content and then put, put that, uh, that content in their machines to, to analyze them and, and make them ready for the user. <laughs> and, and basically, Google needs to, to find a website that it exists and, and it has many ways how it can do that. Your website needs to be accessible for Google. So Google can come, can come to your website, crawl it, understand the content that you have on the website, its structure and, and everything around that, and then make, make analysis based on that content and then make it ready to serve to you make it ready to serve to the user when they search for it. And I mentioned content really uh, uh, at the beginning is that because content is everything on the website, it means even navigation, the way that you have built your navigation on the website, the, ba the way that you have structured a program page, the way that you have structured your homepage, how all of these pages are linked together with uh, and we call it internal links. The way that you have sent the user from a phase to another phase, to the next phase on their journey, really helps Google a lot to understand how you are fulfilling the intent of the user. And all of this and, and some other stuff that are, are really technical helps user understand how, how structured is your website, how, how, how really great is optimized, for the user and the better that it is optimized there, the higher chances you have to perform better on, on search results. And by optimization, I, I don't only mean, I don't only mean the way that the content is structured, even how fast the website is loading and it, uh, and even how fast the images are loading on your website. Right. If someone, for example, if you, uh, if you have, if you are, a college from United States and a, stu uh, a future student, a prospective student is, is opening your website from India, but your website is, is loading really slow for them. 
it doesn't uh, that means that your website might perform it might perform less than it's it's going to be performing on the United States so those are things that you might need to address before even before you start building your website in order to make sure that you have a kind of infrastructure that it's not only good for the user but good for robots as well a lot of people talk about white hat black hat you know gray hat when it comes down to different levels of search engine opti- search engine marketing i should say and you know sometimes i think uh you know i get people all the time emailing me saying hey you know, they, they found that my, my blog is popular. And so they'll email me and say, hey, would you put this uh, guest post on your blog or will you do this? And they're just trying to do link building. And so in some ways, I feel like that's not really an authentic link building. But at the same time, I, I know that link building is a, is a big deal. So I know it builds up your authority. So tell, to just talk briefly about what link building is and the digital PR. I know you talked about that's kind of a version of that. Help me understand a little bit more about what link building is and how I can do that in a way that I feel really good about. If someone that uh, is at the same industry like you talks about you at, with high credentials, the more people talk about you and the highest the authority is and the credibility is, the more authority you have as person on that industry. And that's the same for search engines as well. The more websites that link back to you, the more relevant they are, the better they are performing themselves, uh, the, the, the better your website is, is performing and the more authority and credibility your website has on that topic. And that's really important because backlinks are really a huge factor on search, on search engines algorithm because each each relevant backlink is a vote of authority for your website for search engines. And while you, uh, while you might create great content on your website, chances are that you might need to perform that, to promote that content to other websites so other websites can link back to you. And there are a lot of techniques that people, that agencies and, and, and uh, marketeers basically are using to promote that content. That content might, might be get po- uh, a guest post, might be a linkable asset, might be a digital PR, and they might find a broken link on your website and they might ask, hey, I found a broken link on your website and here is a link for you to replace it. Yeah, uh, basically what they're trying to do is that they're trying to right. increase the number right. of backlinks that, that that website has. But number of blank li- number of backlinks is less important to the quality uh, in comparison to the quality of backlinks. If okay. you are having backlinks from the website that are, are not relevant to you or are um, mention of the content that is not relevant right. to the link itself or it is, it is at a scale that is not comparable to other websites on your industry, and basically, it doesn't make sense for Google because Google has become very smart at detecting the links that are either from link farms or from private blood networks or when that link doesn't really make sense. So the idea here is to build links that are, are relevant, that brings you relevant traffic, and then that helps you get more authority, which will help you rank better. And building those links is becoming much, much more, much harder okay. day after day after day. For example, we at our agency will build, uh, we build high quality links at scale, 
and doing that it is really really hard because uh, uh, the way that we are doing for example is that we are are producing high quality content that we call linkable content assets we are producing content that people are searching for on search engines making it really in-depth content that people cannot find on other websites making it linkable and then reaching out to journalists and media and websites that talked about this subject and bringing x added value to that content so it is a manual process uh, uh except if you are paying for links which we don't do basically and 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 from from a recent research that i i read about link building is that 74 percent of link builders there pay for links and google has become really smart to to uh to learn about those backlinks that are paid even though it's still not able to identify 100 percent of them but it is quite hard to build to build high relevant backlinks the, that algorithm that google has is going to start penalizing those paid backlinks because they recognize it's trying to game the system back in the old days you stuffed the word keyword <laughs> yeah. of your page in white letters so nobody knew it and google figured that one out pretty quick one thing i wanted to say about that too just as a tip uh for everyone you've got articulation agreements with a lot of schools you know where where you're recognizing the credits that they would bring into you whether it's the you know if you're a small private maybe you're recognizing the state institution um, if, if, you know, or dual enrollment from, from high school students, those are great places. If you can get, you know, the state school to provide a link to your school from the articulation agreement page, you know, that they recognize these, these, uh, degree programs or these classes from these schools, that's an authority within your industry. That's going to provide you that juice for, for link building that might be simple for you just by asking. And so it's not sometimes I think it's just kind of stopping and thinking, where are some places that I already have? You might be part of a uh, denomination if you're a faith based school and you've got a large church network. There might be a lot of churches that you could have linked to your school. Again, there's a lot of authority in there, especially if you're looking for keywords like Christian education or things like that. That would be a way to kind of build that link building organically. Um, just with some of the networks that you have already. So those are really good. Thank you, Fatan. Those are, those are good thoughts on that. Fatan and Bart, I love this conversation. And Fatan, let me ask, for someone that realizes they need help, or really maybe they don't realize they need help, but from this conversation, they would like to investigate it. What does a company come in like Manfaro? What do you do? How do you help institutions in achieving what we've talked about today? Uh, actually, the the first thing that we do is to understand understand their needs and, and where they are coming from. What uh, what there is what is their past history? What are they are struggling with? And are we are we the right partner that we can help them with? The the main important thing is for us is to to understand if if we are if if we if we with our capabilities and, and experience and expertise are are ready to, to help them and what concrete steps we can take to make that happen. Um, one of the first things that we do is to to understand how the user uh, how, how the university or the college works in terms of the audiences they target, the programs they serve, what their goals are and um, how their past experience with SEO or pay-per-click or content marketing is. 
and once we understand what their needs are and what their and what their goals are we investigate their experience uh, uh we actually go in depth and analyze their website performance we ask for permission into some platforms that my that they are open to share up our uh the data with under under an NDA and we go and make in-depth analysis into their performance and come up with some high-level strategies that we recommend that if if they follow them then they can see uh, um, grow on their organic or or paid search performance then once we actually uh, agree onto the overall strategy we go with with a, a concrete proposal where um, where we go more in depth about each of how each of these services can help them to perform better into uh, on search engines. Uh, uh, everything that we do is is designed to help the university drive more enrollment from search engines. So the SEO analysis that we do, all, all the strategic and technical stuff, is basically to make their website ready to to handle the traffic that they are going to receive from search engines and then with the content that we produce our goal is to answer the questions that their future students are asking for on search engines so, he, so we have or universities and colleges that we are working with we have them build that authority trust and relationship with their future students so when they are ready to convert that's when they be a start to 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 move the needle and then we start to actually to optimize their website for conversion with this lead generation forms where we set up the tracking we actually uh, um, uh, grab data from from multiple sources from uh, from CRMs like Salesforce and HubSpot and and Slate and others uh, and data from Google Analytics and and others and bring them into a report a cohesive report that help higher education marketeers to take better decisions fast. That's our goal. Uh, uh, we are actually focused on on leads and applications. We are we see traffic and organic performance, uh, like traffic and ranking and rankings and keywords as an input that is really important to impact. But we measure our, our results and our success with how many leads and applications we have sent to that university and college. And if we have done a great job or not, it depends on the number of, of applications that, that, that this university has received. That's really, really important. And I love the fact that you guys do it that way. So do you think there's anything that we didn't cover, Fatan, that, that maybe we need to cover? Because I think this has been a great conversation. Um, we've, we've had so much to talk about. It's, it's spanned two episodes. But I think that I think the whole idea of content and, and search engine marketing is just such, a, such an amazing topic that everybody needs to be aware of. Many higher education marketers do a really great job into marketing their, their programs, their degrees to future students. However, we see a lot of potential into utilizing the power of search to serve their future students better. And I'm seeing search as being underutilized from higher education institutions. Uh, and yeah. there is a lot of potential there. And what's happening actually is that uh, from, from a recent research that we have done uh, from analyzing more than 5,000 websites, higher education websites on search engines, we found out that 
seven out of ten websites on search on rankings for higher education terms are non-education websites or websites that or other websites are actually either grabbing content from other higher education websites or producing content that education websites university colleges are not doing and they are ranking better than their university itself and and the only and the only reason for for that is that universities have uh, uh, in general have underestimated SEO and put more money on pay-per-click and while leaving money on the table and leaving space for other businesses and websites to take this over and 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 and, and have their brand over their control basically so uh, uh, I might even use this opportunity to give an advice to higher education marketeers listening to us that that might have not uh, um, start investing or taking SEO seriously, I, was, I would recommend to start to plan your organic performance before it's too late. Before then, it might cost you more time, money, and resources to actually start perform and come to a point where, you uh, where your competitors uh, are performing and then I'll beat them. The faster you start to to make this optimization and start planning your SEO strategy, the better you're going to perform in the near future. We love leaving each episode by asking our guests to offer something that would be a quick, impactful piece of advice that if uh, implemented would move the needle quickly for a college and university. So as I ask you that, Fatan, do you have a quick tip that you would offer? My tip is Actually, it might be uh, an ask. I will ask or higher education market is um, what, um, what analysis have they done to measure the return on investment from all their online marketing channels, not only SEO. And are they using their data properly to help, to help them take their decision faster? and make actually and make better decisions. In my neighborhood, we call that a mic drop. Thank you very much, Fatan. We love this conversation, and I think it was highly educational for a lot of the higher ed marketers that are lucky enough to tune into this two-part episode. Fatan, for anyone that would like to contact you for additional information, what would be the best way for them to contact you be? Yeah, they can find me personally on LinkedIn, Fatan Sopa, F-A-T-O-N-S-O-P-A. Or they can go to our website, manafera.com, to learn more about us and uh, uh, contact us if, if, they, uh, see that they, if they see that we can help them. Bart, are there any thoughts that you would like to share as we wind up this two-part episode? Yeah, I've got a couple things here. I just wanted to make some notes on that. Um, you know, early in the episode one, uh, Fatan was talking a lot about the funnel of conversion. And I just want to make sure everybody understands that's a different funnel than what we typically talk about in enrollment. A lot of times we talk about the enrollment funnel of inquiry, application, you know, acceptance, deposit, those types of things. What he's talking about is the thought process that happens in a user when they're trying to find the answers to their questions. They've got this funnel of conversion that they're working on of am I going to 
commit to finding out more about this institution. So I think that's really important that we've got to even think about another sub funnel in the inquiry process or the or what I would call the prospect funnel where, you know, somebody's trying to find you and, and figure it out and before they become an inquiry. So that's really important for us to keep in mind. I also really liked here at the, the tail end of this second episode that that uh, Fatan talked about was the idea of being ready before you need search engine optimization before you need search engine marketing. Um, we've talked on several episodes about the cookie cliff that's coming, the idea that, you know, you're not going to be able to rely on cookies as much uh, to, to do pay-per-click, to do different things. Even the nature of pay-per-click is changing with privacy and some of the other things. Uh, you see the chaos that's going on in social media right now. Uh, Meta just laid off a bunch of people last, you know, last couple of weeks. Twitter is in a turmoil. Uh, I'm not even sure where Twitter will be by the time this <laughs> yeah, episode runs. But um, you know, as of the as of the week before Thanksgiving, it's a it's a little bit uh, up in the air. But I think that one of the things that I really liked about what Fatan said is getting an early start and really kind of starting to think about search a little bit more than maybe you have starting to think about a long-term play, getting some things in order so that you can do that, Get, getting an editorial calendar together, starting to put together how are you going to answer those questions. I mean, one of the things I always tell my teams, uh, the admissions teams, is, you know, hey, grab, grab lunch for your admissions team and grab a legal pad and say, what are the top 50 questions people ask us all the time about our school? Yeah. Write those down. You can do that in 20 minutes over a pizza. And at the end of that, you've got 50 questions. You've got a year's worth of blog content, if you want to go that route, of answering those questions. You put those with some keywords. You do some of the technical things that we've talked about. And now all of a sudden, at least for that level of content, you're going to have a start. There's a lot more that you can do, but getting started, is, I think, is the critical issue here. So what a great conversation. Fatan, it's been great to have you here. Thank you for, thank you for coming, and welcome back anytime. Bart and Troy, it was a pleasure. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, providing significant lifts and yield by following your list with precisely targeted ads, and by Manifera, helping higher education institutions, publishers, and SaaS companies drive traffic and leads through SEO, content, and pay-per-click services. On behalf of my co-host, Bart, and me, Troy, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.